Happy Thanksgiving, Spearsy? What are you doing in L.A.? Hey, I'm here to sell you some shower curtain rings. Why do you think I'm here? I'm here for Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, well, this is a surprise. I thought you said you were going home for Thanksgiving. But I am home. You're home, where you always said I'd be welcome. Well, come on in, then. I I see you brought a steamer trunk. And is that wild turkey? You bet. I wouldn't dream of showing up without some of the kicking chicken. Consider it my contribution to the family meal. Katie and the twins will be so happy about that. You know, while I'm here, maybe I can write a skit for the whole family. And we could just get this whole 80s cruise promo out of the way before dinner. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I refuse to compromise a family holiday by talking about... The 80s Cruise, seven amazing nights on board the Celebrity Summit with the original MTV VJs, Cheap Trick, Morris Day and the Time, Howard Jones, Tom Bailey of the Thompson Twins, and many more. <laughs> Whoa there, partner. How about I write some actual lines for us to read instead of this spitballing? And maybe this time we mention like the 80s arcade games, 80s movies in your cabin, hell, even the 80s music in the elevators. Book now, and you'll be invited to a meet-and-greet with me and Spearsy. And you can hang out with us at the Big 80s Trivia Events, hosted by yours truly. And enjoy theme nights like 80s Prom, Purple Rain, and Pop Icon Night. You sound like you have a sweet potato stuck in your throat or something. Well, so much for compromising the holidays. Uh, where's Katie? Do you think she needs some help in the kitchen? Ice front, mister. <clears throat> Book now and use the promo code STUCK2. For more details, go to www.the80scruise.com. And don't forget, you can always email us at podcast at sit80s.com with any questions. Now, on with the drinking. Show. You mean on with the show, Steve. Uh, yeah, that too. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh-huh. And the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we give you a rare first-time helping of Thanksgiving leftovers. It ain't cool being no jive turkey so close to Thanksgiving. Yeah. But hang on a second. Steve, how can we have leftovers? It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Okay, okay. This is this is a bit of a, a concept uh, show we have for you this week. Like Basically, concept. what we're going to do is we're going to go back in time... And um, like we do every week, <laughs> yeah. There's a reason it's called stuck in the '80s. Um, we're gonna go back to uh, November 2006, and that's when we recorded a special podcast on planes, trains, and automobiles, which I think we can all agree is the de facto movie about Thanksgiving. Let me make it up to you somehow, huh? Please. How about a nice hot dog and a beer? Uh, no thanks. Some coffee? No. Milk? No. Soda? No. Some tea? No. Lifesavers? No. Yeah. Are there others? 
They pale uh, in comparison. <laughs> well, Trading Places to some degree has some Thanksgiving in it. I, I suppose you're right. There's another one that's really good that's not an 80s movie, but it's called Home for the Holidays with Holly Hunter. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, vague remember. Vague got- remember. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. Let me it's, talk English. It's got. It's also got Robert Downey Jr. in it. It's it's a real kind of twisted, dark comedy tale, and that, mm. I think that was from the '90s. And it's it's worth. I mean, let's face it. It's it's a it's a four day weekend. You, you're going to have time for some movies other than '80s ones, so you yeah. might as well try to look that one up too. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to try and get through all the Harry Potter movies and all the Lord of the Ring movies. <laughs> God, that's dark. <laughs> um, I don't know. Horcrux or uh, apple pie? I don't know. Uh, so anyway, so back in 2006, uh, it was only it was episode number 68. Yeah, you guys are just hitting your stride. I listened yeah. to this episode today, and it really is a good episode. Um, I don't know that if we wanted to redo a show, we we couldn't do a better job than the three of you did on this. Probably not. So so as as Brad mentions, this show features myself, Sean Daly, and and the, and Kathy Wass. Um, back when it was just the three of us doing the show, this was recorded back when I was still working at the at the then St. Pete Times, now Tampa Bay Times. You sound so young and happy too, Steve. Do I really? Well, I guess compared to now, the dark before the darkness set in before yes. the empire. The the uh, <laughs> so so we have we've 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 carved out a couple uh, slices of this uh, podcast from 2006. We're going to play you. Um, basically, our commentary that we recorded back then on planes, trains, and automobiles. And as soon as that's over, we will switch back to 2016, and we will give you brand new reader mailbag. Uh, name the '80s tune, uh, magical mystery moment, and, and whatever uh, else occurs to us. Yeah, whatever else occurs to us. So, yeah, uh, so, so sit back. Let us pop this plate in the microwave for you. We got a paper towel over it so it doesn't dry out in about 60 seconds or less. This plate will be ready for you to enjoy <laughs> enjoy we'll see you on the flip side gobble gobble travel back in time to the 80s reliving the bravado that's right that's right we're bad uh, uh, uh. the bosses you're a sexist egotistical lying hypocritical bigot so I have a few faults. Who doesn't? Is that any reason to kill me? And the beverages. I'm a little slow today. I just switched to Sanka, so have a heart. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? We'd have more luck playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks than we will get the flight out of here before daybreak. You know what would make me happy? Have a couple balls and an extra set of fingers. <laughs> mm, boy. Oh boy, what? Woohoo! It's stuck in the eighties. Hey there, gang. I'm Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. With me, the podcast goddess, <gasps> Kathy Wass. Hello. And the lean, mean sex machine, wow, Sean Day. Nice. You took a few pounds off me. Huh? <laughs> well, Steve, I just want to say you are my own personal Del Griffith. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. Yes. I want to share a hotel bed with you. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> those aren't pillows. <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't waste those aren't pillows already. Oh, man. Everyone knows that that's a classic line from the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's what we're talking about today. Oh, I watched it last night and... 
I just, I, I still laugh. I've seen it a hundred times, and I still laugh just as hard. You laughed, you cried. It was better than cats. I, you know, <laughs> I, I did. I, I, Steve, why don't you tell these people who haven't seen the movie, the one or two out there, a quick yeah, synopsis of the No, film. no, you give the synopsis this week. All right, it's, uh, it's two gentlemen through crazy um, coincidence and all sorts of things wind up traveling from where? It's from New York City New York to City. back to Chicago. Right. Yep. Uh, Neil Page, played by Steve Martin, who is an uptight businessman, uh, ad executive, Mr. Type, and that's this. You know, this movie was directed and written and produced by John Hughes, who was uh, wasn't he in the ad game? Right. Yeah, originally. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, you sort of think Neil is based on him. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, he gets hooked up with Del Griffith, who is a shower ring. The shower <laughs> ring salesman. salesman, best in the country. <laughs> he really is good. Or best in the world. Um, and of course, they're, they're they're opposites, and uh, all sorts of nutty things happen that we'll talk Nuttiness about today. Nuttiness ensues. But um, I, I wanted to ask you real quick, Kathy, if, if Steve and I were uh, going across country together, who would be Del Griffith and who would be Neil Page? You'd be Del. I'd be Del. What? Because he's I'm more way more high strung than you. <laughs> You think I'd be the one like in bed scratching <laughs> scratching my ball? <laughs> I think we'd be both in there scratching. Well, my ball. <laughs> I believe I believe Neil is the one that plays with his balls. Yeah, more but though. in bed you hear when yeah. they're in the hotel room together. Oh. But anyway, I watched it last night and and it really is one of my favorite movies of all time. That is no lie. It's up there with Raiders of the I Lost would... Ark. Really? Yeah, Raiders, I would of, never Lost guess, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie of all time. Wow. Not Miami Spice. No. <laughs> Miami Spice 2 is like number six <laughs> in the top ten. But. So this was 1987, yep. written, uh, directed, and produced by John Hughes. And let's piss off a lot of John Hughes fans now, and a no, lot of uh, stuck in the 80s let, fans. Let's, let's do it right now. Off, this is by far, in my mind, the best John Hughes movie. By far. And I'm not even kidding. I'm, not, I'm pissing people off, but I'm not necessarily trying to piss people off. It is No, is, I mean, it's your opinion. Oh, jeez, what is that? <laughs> this is the emails You're I not get from get people. You know, I respect your opinion, but that's about it. And then they'll rip <laughs> me about whatever I write about. That's what they say. I know Kathy disagrees. I, you know, I, I gotta I, say it's like comparing apples and oranges. Though. It's, I mean, because he had, this is his first adult comedy. Yeah. It's, I mean, he comes right after Pretty, in, some kind of wonderful yeah. slash Pretty in Pink. I'll give you that it's probably his best adult comedy. I thought I, it I was right after sh- Ferris Bueller. Yeah, but it is because everybody <clears throat> is in. As far as it's just no, t- yeah, it's oh just a- well, Ferris Bueller, then some kind of okay, some kind of wonderful, right? Yeah, but everybody in Ferris, Ferris Bueller, Bueller has a cameo. S- sixteen camel, uh, camels, <laughs> sixteen camels. <laughs> sixteen camels. <laughs> <laughs> that that little known movie, sixteen camels. Sixteen. It's camels. the Bollywood version. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just uh, it's a textbook comedy. I mean every. It's just so funny. The comedy is so well done, and the way he uses music in this movie to punctuate uh, punchlines. I mean, uh, he did it uh, in Sixteen Candles, and he did it in uh, Ferris. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. But this is just, and we'll talk about him later. But I, I, I was just astounded last night watching it all these years later, and just these little beats he gets are great. I know he was criticized when he first pitched the idea because they thought it was too simple of a story. That there wasn't enough in it enough meat to really for the audience to get wrapped up in he's like you don't understand it needs to be simple i mean it needs yeah. to be two guys going from new york to chicago because we'll fill it in with the good stuff but mm-hmm. i know the studio execs weren't happy about the original 
story idea. And just and, and this time of year too, where we're all traveling all over the place, yeah. and dealing yeah. with all sorts of. Would you, I would. I'll give you that. This is the ultimate Thanksgiving movie. Oh, definitely. <laughs> What's it well, because it's right after crap, Jodie Foster thing. Oh, home for the holidays. Son in law yeah, with Polly nice Shore. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, it's got some stiff competition there. <laughs> but oh, little little trivia. Roger Ebert um, named this as like one of the great movies of all time, and he said that his family. This is the one movie that they watch as a ritual, and they watch it almost every Thanksgiving. Same here. And I, I, I was thinking last night, I'd love to see um, the same thing happen to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as happened to Christmas Story. I'd love to see like TBS run Planes, oh, Trains yeah. like, all day long on Thanksgiving. Someone was talking nice. about that on the IMDb message boards. They were like, hello, you watch, they have Christmas Story on for 24 hours. And Christmas Story is great, too. We've yeah. already watched it like 20 yeah. times in our house because yeah. my daughter's but, starting to like yeah. it, you know. But, but Planes, Planes Trains, Trains, yeah, it gets like, what? it got the 8 a.m. slot on Friday. This weekend, Did it? that's one plane. You know what? You know, the, you know, the only on. thing that upsets me about putting it on television is that you have to cut out some of the profanity. They, they, yeah, oh. they know they re they re um, shot it shot it for TV. And we're obviously that talking about scene. the sixty second. It's a sixty second scene when uh, Steve Martin's at the car rental counter with Edie McClurg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's Manhattan take, car rental. Right. Let's right. take a listen to it here. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of nowhere with keys to a car that isn't there. And I really didn't care to walk down a highway and across a runway to get back here to have you smile at my face. I want a car right now. Classic. It's so funny. Does I anybody know. know how many times he uses the F word in that? 16. 19. Ooh. He has a disparity. How many? I think it's 16. No. Okay. I see 18 or 19. Okay. But we'll let not, you have it. 16 is too low. can never say enough. The uh, What do they do <laughs> when they do it for TV? What do they sub out the word for? They totally reshot the scene somehow. I haven't seen it on TV. I, I, I could have I, I saw it one time where they say funny. Over and over again. The TV version, too, they have extra scenes in yeah. it as well. I'm there's such a nerd for this, but the, the whole airplane scene, yeah. there's the extended thing where he finally gets something he can eat, and he's eating a brownie, Neil Page, and the woman in front of him flips her hair back, and she's got this long crystal girl hair, and it goes all over his brownie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I hope they do. I know they won't, but I'd love to see a deluxe edition. There well, has to be 20th well, anniversary. Come next on. year. John, next year. I gotta, I'm saying it right here. John Hughes sucks when it comes <laughs> to his DVD versions of these movies. Give me something. There's yeah. three hours of this film in right, a vault. You can't go and give me some deleted scene. He shot, what was it, 600,000 feet of film for this and uh, tried to put it together. So what's that, like three hours, four yeah, hours? Yeah, he says, yeah, it's a um, jumble, but there's three Twice hours Twice the somewhere. industry average of film was shot for this. And he pissed off the studio execs yeah. in a lot of different ways because the house, his house, you know, back in Chicago, that you see for what, all of about 45 seconds? Like, yeah. Took him, what, five months to build and cost $100,000 mm-hmm. to build that from scratch for this movie. And he lives there now? Or? No. No, I mean, it's it just, was He just, was shot, he just shot it, built this house to shoot, shoot on this it, movie. Yeah. I hope someone lives there now for $100,000. We should make a bid on it. 
stuck in the 80s. It could stuff. be our headquarters. Our That's headquarters. You go out and shovel the snow. Well, it's not just one of my favorite movies and Roger Ebert's favorite movies, yeah. but also, weren't you guys, one of you guys was telling me that Steve Martin. Oh, is yeah. one of Steve Martin's favorite movies that he's his, ever done? It's his favorite movie starring himself, he says. Yeah. There you go. But would you say, is it your favorite Steve Martin movie? Oh, yeah. Well, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Well, so, so. so by definition. Yeah, but it's, um, I love Parenthood, too. And, of course, the jerk. The jerk's funny. All oh, of me is funny. I can't stand Parenthood. Why? But there's, there's like, a little personal issue. <laughs> the vibrator? No. When, <laughs> when Parenthood came out, I was, when it came out on video, I was working at Specs, and they would always rent it, and everyone would come in, and they go, you look like that girl from Parenthood. Oh, and yeah. Like, you kind of do. Oh. <laughs> Martha, and I was Martha like, Plimpton? I can't believe you're the telling one? me I look like Martha Plimpton. That's not a oh, compliment. You're much, much prettier than Martha Plimpton. Thank yeah. you. But, so, yeah, I can't. And I it can't. has Keanu Reeves in it. So oh, It's so. great. And I even that now movie. that I have a kid, you know, I'm a, I've essentially turned into Cowboy Gale. It's yeah. awesome. Wow. I love that. That's, I would say my favorite Steve Martin movie is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Wow. Followed by right. Parenthood. I wouldn't even put this in his top five. I would, it's not well, my favorite. Your five, then. Uh, Roxanne, L.A. Story, and The Jerk. Wow. You haven't mentioned my favorite. Which one? Uh, Leap of Faith? No. Yeah. <laughs> Pennies yeah. from Heaven? No. It, like six people have seen it. So <laughs> my favorite is My Blue Heaven. Uh, no, I have mixed I feelings just, I don't like movie. that. I do. I don't like it. it grows on you. Kind of like a wart. But, you know. oh, man. <laughs> like a fungus. Vivid. I love it. Okay, though. so let me ask you this then. Favorite John King? Well, we know Sean's answer because he's already said yeah. it's his favorite movie of all time. So it's your, obviously your favorite. No, John. I didn't say I said it's one of my favorite. I said Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite. Yeah. Movie really? Of all time. God, yeah. Interesting pick. Favorite John Candy movie, though? Is this, then Uncle Buck, then Great Outdoors. That's maybe Stripes. Stripes is a great movie, but yeah. if we're talking just John Candy in it as Dewey Oxenberger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this, yeah. But Great Outdoors for the first half, or maybe even three quarters, is awesome. It's, it's really funny. I'll give you that this is my favorite John Candy yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Followed by Stripes, The Great Outdoors, and Volunteers. <laughs> Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, Washington. Volunteers? That wow. movie sucks. I like it. I have, I have no. I have. What about you, Kathy? Oh, this. Yeah, this is my favorite John Candy. Well, let's get back to planes, trains, just, and automobiles. No. I got to tell you, when I was watching this, I was filled with cold medicine, so that might have affected me. But I was like laughing out loud. But then the scene where he tells him off in the hotel room. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. I like me. And, My wife and, likes me. And his face just falls. It, yeah. made, it made me cry. It's a it good... Uh, I felt so bad for Dell. I was like, why are you such an ass? I, fe- I felt... You mean Dell or Steve Martin? No, Steve Martin. Neil. He yeah. was so... Was you could see. You could just see. And it made me cry. But I thought that's... I mean, that's great. I mean, John I Hughes just has him unload. I know. 
You know, I mean, you could see it. There's all this pent up frustration, but you're like, look, he never like saw how bad he was hurting him, and yeah. then Dell just says, "Well, I like too me. bad. I like me." It's a great like sure, I'm an easy target. I know. Sean is an easy target. <laughs> uh, but the whole hotel scene is just so oh. brilliant. I mean, when they first walk in there, <laughs> they pan the room. <laughs> and they're panning the uh, the drapes yeah. and the comforter. And, and then, then they go to the bed. Then they go back to the bed. And he hits her with that little keyboard squiggle. Yep. You know? And then I think it pans to John Candy's face. And you're the, 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 the point of view is, is Steve Martin. <laughs> they look at John Candy. He kind of has that look like... Oh, oh, it's just shit. so funny. Speaking of funny, I actually went to this movie the other day and pulled out 10 of my favorite quotes and made a top 10 list. Oh, I love it. So here is, without further ado, the top 10 movie lines from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Number 10. Did you call the airline? Everything's booked solid, but they said I have a good chance of getting on standby. And if they told you Wolverines would make good house pets, would you believe them? <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. <laughs> All right, can, can we just hold for one yeah, second? Sure. My, maybe my, my favorite part of this movie is just a, a small scene, but it's when everyone's asleep and the old guy is sleeping <laughs> oh, on yes. Steve Martin's shoulder and he goes... <laughs> <laughs> Which so happened seconds funny. before that quote. Yeah. yeah, and it's um, it just reminded me once I flew back from Vegas on a red eye. I was coming back Sunday to Monday morning, and I had tons of stuff to do, just tons of stuff to do the next day, and I can't sleep on mass transportation. I can't sleep any. Uh, no. I just I can't do it. And on one on the left of me, I had um, a guy who had some sort of bronchial. Oh no! <laughs> you know, and he's hacking away. But then on my right guy, I had this kind of skeezy old man, and somehow he had smuggled Taco Bell onto the plane. <laughs> so the the smell of his chalupa is just about <laughs> making me nauseous. But what he's doing is he he needs a napkin. He doesn't have a napkin, and he's just got he keeps. You know, it's all over his hands, and he keeps running his hands through his hair. Oh. So he's got cheese and lettuce and tomato, and this is endless bag of chalupas happening. And I'm stuck, and everyone's asleep. It's probably like three in the morning. I got I got bronchitis to my left and Taco Bell to my right, and I really want. I felt so. Uh, I just oh, was, so there oh. you go. So we have another reason why I love this movie. It was oh, terrible. God, I'm killing it was, me. Uh, it was oh. awful. It was awful. Sa- save me with line number eight. Are you Gus's son? I'm Owen. <laughs> number like seven. It. Do you think Grandpa Walt is going to give me a noogie? Of course he's going to give you a noogie. He loves to give you noogies. Why doesn't he give me noogies? Because you get Indian burns. But I prefer noogies. A tender moment. Tender yes, moment. it is. Steve. Tearing up. Number six. <laughs> I've never seen a guy get picked up by his testicles before. Lucky thing for you, that cop passed by when he did. Otherwise, you'd be lifting up your schnuts to tie your shoes. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Number five. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. Now, are you going to help me or are you going to stand there like a slab of meat with mittens? (sighs) Number four. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby, come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. 
Isn't that something? You're a real trooper. <laughs> okay, number three. What do you think the temperature is? One. Number two. <laughs> Larry Bird doesn't do as much ball handling in one night as you do in an hour. Are you trying to start a fight? No, I'm simply stating a fact, that's all. You fidget with your nuts a lot. You know what would make me happy? Another couple of balls and an extra set of fingers? <laughs> and, of course, number one, everyone's favorite. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. They're going to go all the way. Oh, yeah. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> go all the way. Anyway, no, this well, is, hey, well know. you know what? It's the it's the mark of a of a of a classic movie. I mean, I can it keep is? going. Yeah, I thought uh, Doobie's Taxiola. He's proud of his town. <laughs> he's proud of his town. <laughs> what about with the Casio? <laughs> he's like Vanna White trying to show off the Casio. I feel watch. like a whopper when they're in the room. You know, <laughs> I got griddle marks on my ass. Yeah, you know what's interesting because you mentioned Doobie the taxi car driver. And he is actually another one of John Hughes's favorites. You see him in other movies. Can you name another movie you see him in? God, that's a great trivia question. Curly Sue. I don't know. Uh, he <laughs> might actually be in that one. Curly Sue, one of his? That's not one of his. Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, he 1991. wrote it. I'll give you a hint. It was a movie he was filming at the same time. Oh, is he in uh, She's oh, Having oh, a Baby? Oh, She's Having a Baby. She's one of, he's one of the neighbors who, with the lawnmower. Oh, in, yeah. Uh, Great. She's having a baby. Oh, yeah. that's great. I love. I, I have that movie too. And of course, they um, they play a snippet of snippet it. Snippet of it. Yeah. Right. When when Mrs. Page yeah. is, uh, you know. And then of course, there's the they're watching famous on- cameo with uh, Kevin Bacon. Right, the beginning. And they're also playing the movie on the television set in the hotel. That's oh, is that she's having a baby too? Yep. yep. There's actually a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, co-stars and cameos in this movie from people who appear in other John Hughes yeah. movies. We've already mentioned uh, Kevin Edie McCle- Bacon. Edie McClurg. Yeah. Yeah, who plays the... The secretary in Ferris Bueller. Right. Yeah. The father from Ferris Bueller. Lyman Ward. Mm-hmm. He's in uh, the very beginning. Right. You also have Ben Stein. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that... Yeah, he's the announcer at the uh So it airport. goes on and on. It's just one of those sort of Where is Waldo kind of movies where you're constantly seeing the other stars. But yeah, he films... Planes, trains, and automobiles at the same time he films, or approximately the same time he's filming, she's having a baby. baby. Yeah. No, Kathy, you were saying that John Hughes was. He was kind of grumpy yeah, during this film. About? I don't. He was having some personal problems, but nobody really you wants mind? to say what it was, and I don't know what it is either. But he was going through some personal problems, and he's got sort of a reputation for being, you know, kind of a grump to work yeah. with. I'm using a nice word, but uh, I have a little trivia for you. Okay. What is the name of the book Del Griffith is reading? Canadian Mounted. It's the Canadian Mounted. And I love how he's reading it in bed with the lighter. With the, oh, my God. Yes. I thought I was going to lose it when he's, he's there like with the lighter. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, my God. That's he's funny. just going to set the whole hotel fire. Oh, which one? Okay. What? Favorite scene for me in the entire movie. The mess around scene in oh. the car. <laughs> When I say stop, don't you move a page. When I say go, just uh, shake your leg and do the mess around. I declare, do 
love that. That is so John Candy. Mess Around Ray Charles. I think the first song Ray Charles ever recorded for Atlantic. Yeah. Um, and we were just, before you came in, we were just talking about how uh, that whole, the mess around, and then when his jacket gets stuck, Oh, my God, yes. Is like, you don't see that, like this brilliant, almost silent comedy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, oh. that's the thing. Because the whole scene, Steve Martin's asleep. Yeah. So it's just John Candy. <laughs> oh. It's a, it's a hard movie to try to sum up in 30 minutes or less. I know. I mean, how many times have you probably seen it? The six-hour oh, extension. I've probably seen it 30, 40 times. Wow. And let's talk about the ending a little bit. Um, I mean, I guess everyone has pretty much seen it who's listening to this. Yes. But Do- of course, if twist you, if is you that, haven't, twist stop is that, listening um, now. Del Griffith is homeless. Yeah. He has a job, but he doesn't have a home. Oh. And the wife that he's talking about yeah. the whole movie, Marie, turns out she's oh. been dead eight years. I know. My, one of my <clears> favorite <throat> little – it's line, just a little throwaway line. But Dell's like, my motto is like your job, love your wife. Wow. Yeah. And you of- hope that Neil can take that away from this, you know? Yeah. He's a little wiser, too. A little wiser. Do you like the ending of this But here's movie? the thing. When I first saw it, in, what, what year was this? 87? 87. Yeah. I hated it. I was a 17-year-old kid. I just oh, liked all the, well, yeah. the, you know, those arm pillows jokes, and I yeah. hated it. I saw it with my dad, my dad really liked the ending. Yeah. But now I watch it, and I'm like a puddle. Yeah, I you know. know? And now, I, and that, that, I love that when uh, Steve Martin gets on the, the, the subway, on yeah. the L, on the loop, and you know they play that music that you know the typical John Hughes yes. kind of like that that symphony music you know but it's really well done because he's thinking yeah. about going home and then he starts thinking about the trip all the little clues they'll put and yeah. it's just really well done yeah you know but now I love it what do you do you like the ending too yeah cough syrup or not <laughs> cough syrup or not I love the ending Steve but I'm thinking Steve doesn't you know he doesn't have that I've always part. I always I always have qualms about John Hughes movies at the ending I always think that he manages to. To turn a really great movie into and wrap it up with a really kind of a kooky ending, almost kind of how John Grisham does with his books. You know, they all have to end the same way with someone driving down the road and into the sunset. But the more I watch it, I'm like Sean. I I like it now. I think that's the way it has to end. I mean, what else was he gonna do? I mean, tell tell uh, Dell. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I'll see, catch you on the yeah, road. No. Well, I think where it worked with planes, trains, and automobiles, it didn't work with the great outdoors. And I said earlier that three quarters of the great outdoors is, is hilarious. And then at the end, he kind of shoehorns this ending where Dan Aykroyd's character as the brother-in-law turns oh. out to be shady and yeah. they're broke and Dell has to bail him out. And he kind of goes for this somber ending where there it just seems like a part, you know, the, a handbrake apart. Er, you know, it yeah. just kind of goes yeah. off the rails. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's almost like he tried to do, uh, you know, the exact same thing. But yeah, works in plane trains. Let's see how well you know the movie. I'm gonna hit you with some quick. I can't wait. I'm questions. really, I'm really, really excited about this. This is, this is. These aren't that hard. So okay. okay. Uh, what's the first city they get stranded in? Um, they can't fly. Wichita. What, Wichita, right? Yeah, because it says it shows Chicago O'Hare. But then with them, it, yeah, Honey, we're in Wichita, right? Yeah. He calls yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, okay. another. Well, maybe. Oh. What? I'll wait. I'll wait till your trivia. You I have the, my own. Can you name the hotel they stay at? The Braidwood. Braidwood. Inn. Yes. Inn. The yes. Braidwood. Braidwood. You <laughs> called. What does he say? You called. Blah blah blah. I called the Braidwood. Braidwood Inn. Inn. I wonder if. And then place. that guy yeah. is like, hey, you know, million short, a million bucks short of being a millionaire. When Dell goes in to talk to the guy at the desk, <laughs> and he's like, "This is my friend Neil," and the old coot says, "Hey, Nick." <laughs> calls him the wrong name. <laughs> Do you remember what happens to the tra- what happens to the train that they're traveling in? 
Oh, well, the smoke comes out of it. Do they ever? You know, they, you they have like, the, the two engineers say, uh, "What'd you do?" Or something like blown, that. I just always say, "Blown engine." Blown engine. Blown engine. Yeah. And That's last, a, my only last one is, uh, "Oh wait, do you know why their car catches fire?" Yeah, because Adele's cigarette. Yeah, see, you guys have seen two recently. Last question. <laughs> Name the actor playing the state trooper who pulls over their burned out. Oh, Michael car. McKeon. Jeez, Michael yeah. McKeon, yeah. All right, name. Oh, that's the other. T- name okay. the store. The only credit card Dell has in his wallet oh, is for what store remember. in the it's, Pacific I Northwest? I, I can't remember that. Chalmers Big and Tall Shop. It's a great store, but it's not going to help <laughs> us here. <laughs> okay, okay, I got one. Um, how many miles when when the car burns up? How many miles are they from Chicago, and what is the significance? One hundred and six miles away, and it's a reference to Blues Brothers. Oh, yep. oh wow. I can't can't stump you guys. Oh, I had no idea. Yep. So there it is, our Thanksgiving podcast from 2006. Uh, one thing that we left out of this uh, journey back in the time is, uh, I guess in the very last part of the show, Sean and I uh, uh, share stories about um, Thanksgiving uh, Yeah, travel. kind of Thanksgiving past. So if you want to, we're not going to include it here, but, but we encourage you to go back and download uh, episode 68. In fact, I'll, I'll put the link to it um, on our Facebook page and stuff so you can see it there. Um, did you ever have any interesting travel stories associated with Thanksgiving? Well, you know, my, I guess before I was a senior in college, my parents, I didn't live too far away from family. So if we went someplace, we went someplace as a family. But when I was a senior, my parent, right before my senior year in college, my parents moved back to Oklahoma. And honestly, I don't know if this was a Thanksgiving or a Christmas. It's probably a Christmas just because I don't think I would have driven for Thanksgiving, but I drove from... LA to Oklahoma City and I drove straight through. Oh my god. <laughs> it took me about 22 hours. Jesus. I, I was just so out of it by the time I got to my parents' house. I remember stopping in Amarillo for gas and and I could not stand up. Like I had to the lean against the car to keep from falling over. I'm gassing up the car. And then, of course, it makes perfect sense. If you can't stand up, of course, you should sit in a car and operate that for another three or four hours. So, yeah, I got to my parents' house, and they were just – they were livid. They're like, you did what? I'm like, oh, you know, come on. The Motel 6 is like $27. Like, <laughs> so so they, book, they book me some crap room on the way back. Like, you're staying there. It's already paid for. You better stop and stay there. So. <laughs> So nothing, you know. I guess if I'd gone another couple couple of hours, I would have started to see, you know, all kinds of interesting things. But uh, yeah, that's that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done in a car. What do you have uh, planned for this year's Thanksgiving? Uh, we're going down to Katie's mom's. Um, it's about two hours away, so we're going to go down, have dinner, and spend some time down there. I think the uh, traditional Christmas cookie baking will happen on Friday with all the family and. Just kind of hang out. The kids are wrapping up their college applications, so they're hoping to get those done. And it's going to be a party. Yeah. <laughs> How about I you? Will... Are you going to Orlando? I'm sorry, <laughs> you are in Orlando. How about you? Are you going to Tampa? Yeah, I will. Uh, on Thanksgiving morning, I'll leave here like around seven or eight in the morning, as early as I possibly can to avoid the traffic. Is the... yeah, that's what we're doing too. <clears throat> the traffic between Orlando and Tampa is just historically awful, and uh, any given day or hour. So I, I will leave, uh, but I will return 24 hours later because I don't like to leave the cat alone for much longer than that. Cat Benatar sure. re- requires uh, meds twice a day 
for the most part. So, you know what I require twice a day, Steve? <laughs> I do. The, the Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain of reader mailbag. We've got four, three or four emails today, and Brad always handles the the emails, but even more so today, I'm struggling with a really bad cold. I don't know if it if my voice sounds funny on the show or not. Uh, you sound great. Do, no, I, I you couldn't get possibly. a cold before every podcast. It gives you a little more gravitas. <laughs> I went to Disney World for the first time in like four years over the weekend. Oh, nice. Disney World, like, for someone who like never leaves the lair, when you go to a place like <laughs> Disney World and you're suddenly object, subjected to like 500,000 kids all coughing into the air. Oh, yeah. And then you know wiping their nose with their hands and then wiping on the everything the that they rail. can touch. There's no way – that someone like me can't go to uh, Disney World and not get sick. And so, you know, I thought you were going to go a totally different direction with that. I thought you were going to say the, the simple majesty and splendor of it all and everything all lit <laughs> up. It just inspired me and I felt like a new man. But no, you're just going to talk no, about germaphobia like becoming. No, I, I, I did actually feel like a new man. I felt I, I was, it was, it was like my big fall effort to get my butt off the couch and do something. And <laughs> I enjoyed it tremendously. But then when I woke up this morning, uh, yeah. My body had decided to stage a strike. <laughs> so, so we have three or four letters. Um, some of them are about our last episode, which if you uh, chose to ignore it, it was our reunification. Yeah, reunification episode shortly after the election where we basically tried to give people 16 songs from the 80s that we thought we could all agree on. Were classics, and we knew we get to rally around. Right, right. We knew we get a, a couple boo birds out there who uh, might second guess our picks, and that's fine. Um, okay. But uh, anyway, so some of those emails are about that, and uh, so we'll, Brad, while I start here truck chugging down some Dayquil, you you handle this. I'll tell you what, you rub the Vicks from your chest, and I will. <laughs> never start done that. I've never done that. Does that work? Every mom of our generation believed it, so we all got to go to bed with greasy crap on us. I don't have it. I have some KY jelly. Will that do the same thing? Uh, I'm going to start reading the letters right now. Our first letter today is from Gail in D.C., and she writes, Dear Stephen Brad, I have been in a funk since Election Day, and it has been more challenging than usual to find joy in the things that I usually turn to for escapism, like reading, TV, and podcasts. Frankly, I was skeptical that your post-election podcast could do much to lift my spirits. But then I listened to it. Twice, in fact. And I have to commend you for a great show that put a smile on my face. The song selection was excellent. I would have included Sweet Child of Mine instead of Take On Me. And I also would have gone with Our Lips Are Sealed instead of We Got the Beat. And I think I'd be less likely to turn off Jump than Panama, though both are great songs. Those are minor quibbles, though. You closed out the list with Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is probably my favorite song from the 80s. So thank you for giving me 43 minutes of escape from the doom and gloom I've been feeling since November 9th. I loved hearing some of the best of the best from our beloved decade and going back to a time that, certainly in retrospect, felt less scary than what we're living in now. One small step for the podcast, one giant leap for reunification, as always, stuck in the 80s, Gale in D.C. Yeah, you know, I thought about Sweet Child of Mine, um, adding that to the list, but I, I ultimately, you know. That, that would have been a really nice kind of late 80s nod now that I think about it. But Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Guns N' Roses, that's, so I didn't suggest it. And if nobody else brought it up, I wasn't going to point it out. It was one yeah. of those kind of things. I just I couldn't take Take On Me Off. It just makes me smile every time I hear it. Was that me? I was I it. singing? 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and the pipe wrench thing. I, I know I made these yeah. exact same jokes last time. I know. Can't help it. it. Just makes me smile. Well, I'm glad that it's. I'm glad that it was helpful to at least one person. One of our uh, seven female listeners. Our uh, our next writer uh, is Jonathan Thompson. He uh, <laughs> he points out a glaring error that we made, and it's pretty he, funny. He got me. He got me good. So Jonathan writes, One of the many joys of listening to the podcast are those errors, intentional or not, that survive the editing process. In the most recent episode, you had the wrong Quaid with Lewis Gossett Jr. in Enemy Mine in the intro. Randy? <laughs> that would be hilarious to imagine. Of course, it is Dennis, the art of more, Quaid. But we all need a good laugh along with good songs. That is totally on me. And Jonathan, I wish I was smart enough to have made that joke. Like, you know, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? But I think I just had uh, No Man's Land stuck on my brain with Randy Quaid in it. <laughs> Yeah, God, Randy Quaid would have been great in that movie, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time he'd look at he'd look at Lou Gossett Jr., he'd just look at him and say, "Shitter's full." <laughs> okay, next letter is from a new one, uh, Greta Lamosa. Ah, Greta, Greta writes, one of our other seven female listeners. OMG, Jen, I thought for sure I was the only girl in the world with not only a wannabe boxer song, but for sure the only girl who dedicated an 80s song to such a fantasy. I was ecstatic to hear you have this bizarre dream as well. While my song for this impossible event would not be Van Halen, it's just as cool. It's I Can't Break Away by Big Pig. Total kick-ass boxing song. Check it out. Greta Lamosa. I don't know that song. Let's play a little bit of it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That works. I have this CD. <laughs> I've been trying to... You know what's funny? Is I don't really to, know why, but I do. I've, I've been trying to think what my box... What song... If I was a boxer, what 80s song what would, would come out? What would music be? Uh, Hell's Bells, maybe? Seems like that would be a that would one. be That would be good. That would be good. Um, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, pick um, some random Devo song for me. Yeah. You'd pick a Wham song. You'd pick Wham rap. Oh, my gosh. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> You'd get that shit kicked out of you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Maybe I'd go counter to counter to type. Our final letter is from Tor Hansen. Tor Hansen is joining us on the 80s cruise this year. So. Is he? Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Haven't seen him since Las Vegas. I know. Like five years ago, at yeah. least. Hi, guys. Well, faced with a Gordon Gecko presidency on what feels like the day after in the U.S., it was sweet ablutions to find your newest podcast ripe and ready to remind me of better times past. As I write this, we are three months and 15 hours away from the 80s cruise. I realize now that I need that cruise to last for about 1,431 days. Please pass along the promo code to activate this option. I also wanted to say how much I have enjoyed Jen with one end's contributions to the show and veto her assertion that Jump is a better Van Halen selection than Panama. Panama is the only Van Halen song off 1984 that is unimpeachably representative of all the best aspects of the band. Now, as an aside, Steve, you have met Tor Hansen. Yes. This is a human person. This is not an Ed's from Springfield letter. This no, is a no, real no, letter. This, no, Tor is very real. Tor is speaking my gospel here, but it's not. I, did, I promise I did not put these words in his mouth. 
He continues, Van Halen at their best is Eddie peeling the skin off your eardrum so that Roth can shove his spandex fun banana into your brain as Alex and Michael bump their big bottom up against yours. Jump does not achieve this. Panama does it over and over. To cement my point, my friends and I occasionally play a game called Armageddon Playlist, where you choose the last song you'd want to hear before you die at a cataclysm, and we each only get one selection. When I choose Panama, and I always do, the reaction is some form of, oh, totally, dude, absolutely, no other choice has ever elicited this response. Tor rests his case at this point. We close the letter. Thank you guys for two sensational podcasts this week, and here's hoping we can all get through the next four years without dialing up our personal doomsday tunes. Your friend, the lone biker of the apocalypse, Tor Hansen. Okay, so that... that we it it uh, raises the question: What would be uh, the last song you want to hear? Oh gosh! The, the correct answer is not Wham Rap. No, it wouldn't be. Um, I, Panama is a really good choice. <laughs> really good choice. Really is a good choice. I mean, seriously, when I was listening to the show, because I do like to hear the sound of my own voice, so I always listen to them, make sure that there aren't any major audio glitches. When the clip that you played of Panama came on, I reflexively reached and turned it up. Without even thinking about it, I just turned it up. Um, but let's see. What would it be? Last song I want to hear while the the walls are coming down around me and the 10-foot waves are washing over me. Mm, I don't know. Who wants to live Gut forever? feeling. <laughs> Maybe Gut Feeling by Devo. That'd be what? Fun. I think I'm going to go with uh, something by Queen or... Uh, on the flip side, maybe No One Lives Forever by Oingo Boingo. Oh, that would be good. That's got a lot of energy. Yeah. Let's have a party. There's a full moon in the sky. It's the hour of yeah. the wolf. And I don't want to die. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's... Oh, my God. The defense rests. I love it. Uh, okay. One more letter. One we more letter. One more, one more short one here from Robert Stroh. Robert writes, quick question. The Culture Club are playing a smallish venue here in Kitchener-Waterloo. I don't know where that is, but okay. Either. I am really not a fan of theirs at all. My wife said she would like to go, and I'm hoping this turns into a girls' night. Am I missing out? Huge band in the 80s, but I never really got into any of their stuff. Um, well, I can tell you that the reviews that I've heard from this tour are very, very positive. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to really be enjoying it. Well, I think, Rob, if you are not a fan then... You're just you're taking up someone else's ticket if you go. You know, I, I, I if, if if my wife said to me, I really want to go see the Culture Club, she would have to cash the "it would really mean a lot to me" check oh, to go. No. That's that's the Williams relationship shorthand for "I'd like you to do this for me, regardless of what you want." And it doesn't get the card doesn't get played very often. I would not want to go. Have you have you ever played that card? Um, uh, I'm sure I have. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I, I wasn't thinking about what you were thinking about. Just so you know, I, I just I've want never, you to. I've know. never made Katie go see Devo. Okay, I'm trying to think. If I've ever made anybody go see a concert. God, I used to have to always go to all these country concerts with my second wife. Uh, oh my god, that was awful. So uh, yeah, Rob, my advice is don't go. Unless your wife is going to have to go by herself. Yeah, well, then you have to go. Then you have to go. 
when they were here in Orlando the last time, I it was a Saturday night, I think, and at the very last minute, I got this thing where I'm like, God, I really should go. I mean, like, you know, I mean, it, just as I, a as a student of the decade. Yes, I'm like, I should go. You know, I'm kind of, and then I looked up online to see how much I, you know, because I'm, like, I'm thinking a single ticket, I could probably get a pretty good seat. Yeah. No, I couldn't, and it was <laughs> I think they wanted like 125 dollars, and I'm like, no, I'm not. So sometimes it's things just kind of cosmically click into place. Yeah. Um, so sort if of, you have to go, go and enjoy it as an experience. You know, drink check a lot. out the crowd, have some <laughs> drinks. Yeah. Yeah. And let us know. Let us know if you go. Yeah, let us know. Uh, as always, we love your letters. Um, send them, as you know, to our new email address, podcast at sit80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Uh, you know the rules here. We play a snippet of a movie from the 80s, and if you get it right, you are entered into the drawing for uh, a bottle opener, as I think you betcha. the case is. Uh, pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. But the doctor explained that her insides were a rocky place where my seed could find no purchase. That's Raising Arizona. I don't know. If, is that the first time we ever used that movie? I think it might I, be. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I, I just I, – a lot of people got this. And yes. And I knew that was going to happen. But I just – I laugh every time I hear that line. Uh, and, and please forgive us if we don't say everyone's name. I, I tried my best um, to get everyone in there, but um, it just doesn't always work out. Um, I, I think you, I th- a lot of people got them both, and I know you spread it out across the two of them just yes, to save yes. me from myself because I picked these clips. So Right. On my head be it. So, okay, so read some of the winners. Okay, this week's winners include Jim Wendling, Dave the Maestro Morrison, and St. Pete, Dave Not That Mother Scratcher Sedio, Joseph Perdue, Stephen Crosby in Vegas, John Hayes, Brent from Lutz, Dr. Dim, Christian Lopez, Jesse Big Cat, a.k.a. El Gato Grande Smith, Jessica Kuzman Sloan, Sag Toad in Tulsa, O.J. and Clinton, Bonnie, a.k.a. Chemo Warrior, Tom, the kindergarten commando man running all the way to terminate the junior barbarian Hercules twins in Austria. (laughs) Okay, Tom, we get the point. Ryan the pirate in Nashville, Dave Parrott, John Brandt, and Beat Poet Jay. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I didn't know you were such a ballet fan. I thought you just liked it in private. If you know it, email us. Uh, Again, the email address is podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune Uh, You know the bit here, I will not have to repeat it Uh, Here is the mystery clip from our last show That's Panama, huh, by Van Halen Who knew? We're one step ahead of you. Okay. Winners this week. And again, a lot of people got this. Pretty much everyone who got the movie also got the song. Right. Winners this week include Gabriel Daigle, Bernie the Dutch Oven Lindemann from Down Under, Russ in Nebraska, Dave Dirt, Lisa Brown, PJ Vareccia, Kurt in Dirty Jersey, John in Arizona, OJ in Spain, Amy in San Francisco, Brock in North Dakota, Anonymous Dave, and J.P. Krause in the Netherlands. Let's spin the wheel and see who gets the uh, bottle. Oh, I love it when my voice gets husky. Oh, who's the winner this week? Is that thing still spinning? 
it's still spinning. It's just it could be my head that's spinning right now. Uh, oh, Dave, the Maestro Morrison, St. Pete, you are this week's nice. lucky winner. Um, send us your snail mail address, and we will send you a bottle opener. So, and a gift so. certificate for three audio editing sessions. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip, as nominated by Christian Lopez. If you know it, email us. Don't email Christian. Uh, and uh, tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey, Stuck in 80s Nation. Uh, have you ever read the book I Want My MTV by Craig Marks and Rob Tannenbaum? You can actually listen to the entire book for free if you sign up for a 30-day free trial on audible.com. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash stuck in the 80s. That's 80s. Uh, now, audible.com, you might be asking yourself, what's this all about? Um, they are a sponsor of Stuck in the 80s, and for good reason. They're the ultimate source for audio versions of so many great books from and about the decade we love so much. Uh, Bright Lights, Big City, Less Than Zero, Bonfire of the Vanities. They're all there. All you 80s Nation fans out there who listen to our podcast on long commutes, uh, plane rides, subway trips, this is perfect for you. All you have to do, again, go to www.audibletrial.com slash stuck in the 80s and get started. Now on with the show. And we're back. It's time for America's favorite new 80s game show. What's your 80s obsession? Steve, what's your 80s obsession this week? Um, actually, it's a show on Amazon called Red Oaks. I- have you seen it yet? No, it sounds familiar. So Red Oaks is – it's only on Amazon or Amazon Prime. I'm not sure. It's I have Amazon Prime. Uh, it is a series that started last year. Okay. It's set in the 80s. Um, a young student is working at a uh, country club during the summer between his uh, sophomore and junior years of college. Okay. And um, so it, it, there's plenty of chances for it to you know play off of the the fashion and the music and stuff like that. Yeah. It also has um, a couple uh, notable names in it. It's got Jennifer Grey playing oh. the the, the nice. main guy's okay. mom. Yeah, I do remember this. I just I didn't know the name of it. Okay. Richard Kind plays his dad. Paul Reiser is in it. He plays oh, the president awesome. of the country club. It's it's funny and it's um. So anyway, the season two was just released on okay. Netflix uh, on November eleventh, I believe. So it's there, and then they put the whole season up at once, so you can you can watch it all start to finish. Um, so is it a, is it the kind of thing where it's like it just happens to be in the eighties and it looks right, and the kind of the themes are right, or is it like wink wink every other second? Look, I'm wearing a Rubik's cube T-shirt. Ha, no, ha. no, it's 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 not that. It's it's okay. the the former. Not the, okay, okay, I'm on board. It's, it's I'll good. Check it's, it out. it's 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 funny. It's you know it has its moments. You know, and definitely worth worth catching, especially like if you're you're sort of on like a, you know. Withdrawal symptoms from other 80s shows and stuff yeah. like that. So what's your 80s obsession, Brad? Well, so last weekend I was flying to see my mom and I wanted something to read on the plane. And I was going through my mental checklist of books from the 80s that I hadn't read. And I, to be honest, I completely forgot that Phil Collins's autobiography is out because I want to read that, which I think I probably would have been happier with because I ended up picking up Less Than Zero, which I'd never Ooh. read. Uh, you know, and I can't stop thinking about it mainly because it's so disturbing. Um, 
it's to some extent a little bit of it is you know like if you go back and I actually I did this too. This is a great commentary on how wonderful the public education system is in Oklahoma. I hadn't read Catcher in the Rye. I never read that. And so in my, I think in my late thirties, I did this, like, I'm going to go back and read classics that I missed. And I, that was one that I read and I'm like, this kid just needs to shut up. Like (laughs) if you don't read that when you're 16 or 17, it just isn't going to, it's not going to hit you in the same places. Everyone who thinks it's such a great book, it's, it's when they read it as much as what they read. And I think lesson zero is a little bit like that too. Um, just because these 20 something 19 year old kids are just basically doing drugs and terrible things to each other. Um, so if you haven't read it, I can't really recommend it. Um, I can see why the author was so unhappy with the movie version because they tamed it down. I mean, the guy was only, you know, blowing people for drugs and, you know, <laughs> dying in the back of a car is tame compared to the stuff that happens in the book. So anyway, I don't recommend it. <laughs> But I can't stop thinking about it. I know. So he's kind of what you wish was not on your mind. Yeah. So I'm going to go watch some Red Oaks to cleanse the palate. Uh, That sounds perfect. Anyway, that's all we have today for our first ever Thanksgiving leftover show. Do let us know what you think of this unusual format um, and whether or not you want us to adapt it in the future. Uh, in In the meantime, please be super careful traveling during the holiday season. Enjoy your families. Yeah. Put on planes, trains, and automobiles for the nostalgia. And in the meantime, Brad and I will be right here waiting for you, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And remember, this is only an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering. Guys. Nice. <laughs>